20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick. My partner with me, as always, on this Thursday is one Chris Schimmel. We are in the very first day. Well, we're recording on Wednesday, so technically today, that the day that we're recording, is the very first day of the new NFL season. Um, but regardless, uh, it's a brand new NFL season, Chris. It's not even 24 hours old. And it's already been cram-packed with excitement. Uh, I don't know how you – how did you react to all of the moves that went down with the Packers in that uh, legal tampering period? I mean, this is something like we've – like everyone's been talking about, and uh, the guys yesterday did a great job with it, touching on it. Uh, but, I mean, that's unprecedented really for a lot of Packers fans, oh, yeah. especially in recent history. What, oh, yeah, was, what was your reaction to it all? Well, my reaction was, of course, surprised because, you know, me being, me being born in 1993, mm-hmm. Ted Thompson's been the GM since 2005. So for as long as I can go back to about fifth grade, it's been really nothing in free agency. So this is like almost a breath of fresh air. And, uh, of course, that's why when free agency was first implemented, you know, 1993, it's really been a year-long sport. That's yeah. what makes it so great is that, you know, even the off season is almost just as exciting as the regular season. Cause you'd never know what's going to happen. But yeah, I, I describe it as a surprise and then just a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I mean, this was, I think you hit on a, uh, something that relates to uh, me. A lot of, I think a lot of our, um, our fellow Packaday podcast uh, host because I think we're all kind of in that same general millennial, uh, you know, demographic where a lot of us have grown up with, you know, I mean, we we're fans, we're all fans from day one, you know, right. but I I really didn't kind of fully understand the ins and outs of free agency or, you know, guys coming and leaving impacts like that on a team until, you know, like later on, like high school, even into college area, you know what I mean? It's not until you get a little bit older that you really diverge into the politics of the game. Right. Exactly. It's looking at the numbers, watching what's on the field. You have no idea about the salary cap contract numbers, free agency, so as you get older and older, you learn more about it. And, and you still will because it's, it's such a complicated uh, time. So there's always something you can learn. That's just why I, I always look forward to free agency in the offseason. Right. And, and, but, and that's the thing is a lot of us grew up, like you said, with only knowing a Ted Thompson era with, with the Packers. And so this whole experience with actually going out and, I mean, going bananas – on a uh, free agency right out of the gate like this, it, it was almost like rumspringa. We've been sitting here in this, uh, you know, Amish lifestyle. And <laughs> we, now we've finally grown up and we get to go out and experience the world. And, and it's been crazy. I mean, going through all of that was, I, it, we've never experienced anything like that. I needed a cigarette after all of that <laughs> stuff on Tuesday. It, it was fantastic to watch. It's also a testament 
to how broken uh, the Ted Thompson system kind of got near the end because, uh, you know, really you shouldn't have to go out and do all of these deals. Well, when, when you look back and you have no no players from that 2015 draft, that's what, that's what happens. In 2015, that's not that long ago. And what was sexy about this this offseason so far is the fact that the, the, the players that they got in free agency – Will will be less than will add less than twenty four million dollars to the salary cap next year. By comparison, Rodgers is over twenty six, so that's yeah. what makes us even better. So for people thinking, yeah, it wasn't you know of course the Reggie White, but then again, it wasn't uh, an Alfred an, uh, Albert Haysworth. <laughs> so I think this is like the perfect in between, more toward the White than Haysworth. I, I overall, this has just been truly exciting. Yeah, I mean, you address pretty much all of the biggest needs that you possibly had on that on that roster right away, and found guys that are going to immediately be impact players. Um, right. So uh, yesterday, the season actually starts, and players can actually sign official contracts with teams. And so, uh, some news coming from the Packers, uh, guys outside of just those big free agent signings, guys that were with the team getting out tenders, uh, Mercedes Lewis signing a one-year deal to remain with the Packers. So uh, returning next year, you've got Jimmy Graham, Lewis, and Robert Tunyon in your tight end group as of right now. Um, Also in the wide receivers core, Geronimo Allison uh, was given a a tender by the Packers, a right of first refusal tender. So he's due to make about $2 million, Chris, if he takes that tender. Obviously, the Packers can match any tender from another team, but – it's kind of interesting to note that, you know, the Packers have a couple options with those restricted free agents to give them different tenders. Then they go with just the lowest one, the right of first refusal. So now if they let him walk to another team, you don't really get anything back from that when it only would have cost about a million more dollars. Cause right now he's getting about 2 million on the tender, a million more dollars. You get a draft pick back if they let him walk anywhere. So really it kind of seems like they're not worried about him leaving or if they are they're really not worried about uh getting much back for him yeah and uh, this also brings me to randall cobb because i thought that if cobb's gone they're gonna have to keep allison somebody who has experience and somebody who actually has chemistry with rogers after some of the, re- the rookie receivers you know i don't want to say failed but they struggled with rogers and chemistry so they need guys out there who can be a solid compliment to adams and allison brings that especially if you look at the age difference between him and cobb so I really thought that they were going to bring Allison back. At the same time, uh, Allison had a great start last year. You know, he played five games. He averaged a whopping 15.2 yards per catch. But then, of course, he goes down with an injury. And then the year before that, he was also real inconsistent. He had that great game against the Bengals where he had 122 receiving yards. But then he didn't have another game more than 30. So I, I really – so I can understand uh, – you know, the skepticism of, of throwing a ton of money at Allison. But at the same time, it's still not that much. And I really think that with Cobb leaving, I think that you're going to have to roll the dice and try to really bring Allison back. Yeah, I would agree with you. And uh, speaking of guys not coming back, the other news today, the other restricted free agent that the Packers had on this roster day was uh, Kenshaw Bryce, and he was not offered a <laughs> – I don't. I don't. Do I need to say? We need to say any more about it. He's not coming back. Thank God. Oh yeah, dude. You know, 
you could take Leroy Butler, however old he is, and he could probably make more plays than Kentrell Bryce. The only thing Bryce could do is lay a huge hit every once in a while. But that's, of course, after the players gained a ton of yardage. The guy was this thank God he's gone. And, and I think they obviously upgraded. <laughs> well, let me run this just hypothetical by you. If they don't sign Amos, the safety from the Bears, do you think Kentrell Bryce gets a tender? No, <laughs> no, I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't. Sorry, I still don't think so. Uh, I agree that I, I agree that he probably doesn't stick around for much longer. It's so, or it's something very cheap, but yeah, um, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if if something hasn't hadn't happened with with Amos. Obviously, there's a lot of other factors that go into it, but if Amos isn't there. You know, you're almost, you're kind of worried about depth at that posi- that position oh, at this point, and so and you'd be looking more at the draft for a first round safety. Again. True, true. Which then, um, of course, makes you think that you know, should they have always kept Demarius Randall and just put him at safety, or Josh Jackson, or Tremont Williams? I think I'd keep Tremont Williams there. So Amos Amos uh, opens up a lot of options at that safety position. Exactly. So and now, like yeah, and uh, with that, with Kentrell Bryce, you didn't have that. Uh, other big free agent signings around the NFL uh, going down today. The I think the top one is uh, the year. It, it's been a year plus now. Le'Veon Bell finally looks like he's going to play in the NFL next year, signing a four million or a four year, fifty two million dollar deal with uh, the New York Jets. Thirty five million guaranteed, about twenty thousand less. I'm pretty sure was the number that he would have made if he had signed and played under the franchise tag this past season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, your thoughts, Chris, on how the Le'Veon Bell saga finally ends? I don't know. You know, it it still leaves with a bad taste in your mouth, to me at least, where a guy sits out the entire year and then has the luxury to leave and sign with another team. You know, so I'm not 100% sure. I, I knew the Packers weren't going to really go out and get him. There's no way the Packers could or should have offered that kind of money for him. But I think the Steelers are in trouble. They lose Brown and they lose Bell. So I think they have a lot of rebuilding to do. Well, they lose Brown. They lose Bell. They lost Jesse James, their tight end, to the Detroit Lions. We'll get to that in a little bit. And But then also, I mean, the Browns are out here wheeling and dealing and John Dorsey – you know, looks like he's uh, Kevin Costner from draft day and you know, <laughs> pulling all the right strings in Cleveland. So now not only are you losing the the probably three biggest targets you had for Ben Roethlisberger, three of the top four with Juju Smith-Schuster still there, uh, but you've got an aging quarterback, an aging roster around him with no weapons, and Cleveland looks poised to basically uh, take control of the AFC North now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think that the only thing that could – have helped Cleveland out more is if LeBron James stayed. <laughs> <laughs> True. So Cleveland's Cleveland's really clicking. It just shows you uh, that's like also the beauty of free agency and having a salary cap is that it doesn't take forever to rebuild. It, it can take a couple of years and then you can be right back at climbing the mountain. Do you think they put John Dorsey's picture up on one of those big Nike uh, banners like <laughs> LeBron had? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of Demarius Randall uh, tweeted that, uh, like John Dorsey is officially a genius or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I, yeah, we are witnesses. 
Yeah, we're all witnesses to John Dorsey. Um, A couple of of other names we'll hit on real quick. Uh, Won't get into many of the details. Earl Thomas, the big name. A lot of people thought Packers had a chance at him. He signs with the Ravens uh, for four years, $55 million. Two running backs uh, signing today. Mark Ingram finds his way to the Ravens as well, three years, $15 million. And Adrian Peterson re-ups with Washington for two more years, um, $8 million. Adrian Peterson, 34 years old, for two more years, he's going to be 36 when that deal runs out. That's that's a Hall of Famer at the bank with Adrian Peterson. Also could be a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, in Canton as well. And I think finally, um, the last one that I think Packers fans maybe had, had circled was Cole Beasley. Uh, the wide receiver, there was talk of him being interested in uh, coming to Green Bay. He goes up to Buffalo for four years, $29 million. And Chris, one that I think Packers fans will find interesting, they did definitely didn't want him back. Um, but Brett Hundley, he is now in Arizona. He's going to be a Cardinal for one year, making $2 million. Seems about right. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, maybe he'll be in a quarterback competition with uh, Kyler Murray here soon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just feel you know, Buffalo. You know, they wanted Antonio Brown, and they kicked Cole Beasley instead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the Rolling Stone says you can't always get what you want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we kind of wanted to break down how everybody else in the NFC North looks after uh, the legal tampering period in the first day of free agency. How everybody kind of shakes out. We know what the Packers did. We'll kind of touch on that here a little bit. Obviously, uh, the two big, well, the three big names on defense. So Darius Smith from Baltimore, uh, Adrian Amos from Chicago, and Preston Smith from Washington. Two guys in uh, both of the Smiths that will bolster that front seven. Zadarius looks like he can be a real threat on the uh, the pass rushing side, and Preston Smith, um, not so much as a sack master, but has the ability to find his way into the backfield. And obviously we mentioned Adrian Amos uh, shoring up that safety position. Then also Billy Turner from Denver, the offensive lineman, who looks like is a breath of fresh air on that offensive line. Um, I, we, we hit on it, Chris. I mean, these were solid, solid uh, home run picks for the Packers, all four right down the line, addressing the biggest needs before the draft. Exactly. And that's the key is that's is before the draft. So the, this really frees things up where, you know, it, there, during Ted Thompson, there was no free agency. So every draft pick meant so much. So you were almost like glued to the couch, not taking your eyes off the TV. Cause you know, this pick is going to be mean more to the Packers than it will to any other team. And so that makes, this is like the first draft in a long time where I actually can say, that, you know, Goodikas can get creative. You know, what's he going to do? He can trade down, you know, the, the 30th overall pick, kind of like what they did uh, a couple years ago when they traded down uh, to get the first pick of the second round. But then they got another pick for it. Are they going to do that again? So this is exciting. Yeah, I mean, when you address these needs before the draft, you open yourself up to be able to take risks and take players that don't need to start right away. Think about – when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, you didn't need a quarterback right away. And, but, but the team around him was around Brett Favre set up for success already. You were hitting on those picks and the draft and develop was working. 
now you're kind of in that same position now where if you kind of take anybody you want, they don't need to be an impact player right now. Oh yeah, exactly. And that, that, and that's uh, originally what the Packers did a lot with Thompson where, you know, like 2008, they draft Jordy Nelson in the second round, despite that driver was still great. They had Jennings for two years. They drafted James Jones the year before. Now they're getting Jordy Nelson. And then in 2011, after they won the Super Bowl, when they had that stack receiving card, they take Randall Cobb in the second round. So they can sit back, learn, develop. And I, I think hopefully that's what's going to be happening uh, uh, this draft as well. Well, let's swing around uh, to some of the other teams. I guess we should probably start at what uh, you would consider the top at this point is the defending NFC champions, the Chicago Bears. Not a lot of uh, – what did I say? NFC. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> they might think they won the NFC uh, the way that they act sometimes. Doink. Yeah, a double doink. Don't forget the second one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the NFC North champion, Chicago Bears. Not a lot of uh, real sexy picks. No. Pickups, the, Chris? Their biggest moves were really freeing up the salary cap space. They restructured yeah couple of deals they their biggest signings were they signed up i think mike davis who was a versatile running back from the seahawks that i can uh, both run the ball solidly and catch the ball and then of course they're probably the biggest was getting a stud kick returner in uh in uh cordorelli patterson of the patriots hope i pronounced that right i remember he had he had a 95 yard uh touchdown uh kick return against the bears in a game they lost by seven so I think it's Cordell Cordell Patterson, or it's, no it's it's spelled oddly, so I don't blame you for it. But <laughs> I mean, but, but that's this is a sort of a Patriot style move. It helps that he was from the Patriots this the coming from the Patriots this past year. But you know, it, it's a it's a signing that isn't an impact at a you know a position really of need that much. I mean, he's probably not going to be getting a he's not going to be a second or third option. I think with the wide, maybe the third option for uh, Mitchell Trubisky as a wide receiver, but this is really a special teams kind of get, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. And it also remember, this is the, from the Patriots, Belichick's a special teams genius. So we'll see how they utilize them. But of course the bears losing Amos to the Packers mean they in need for a safety. And of course, Earl Thomas, you said has just been off the market. What are the odds of them landing? Ha ha Clinton Dix. <laughs> you never know but know, right? at the same time Washington just didn't they just get somebody I, I why am I blanking on the name I, I just it came down it came down in the flurry of the Packers yesterday that the the Redskins grabbed didn't they get Landon Collins yeah they that's right that's that's of course they gave him a ton so they, of money. They, they gave him the bag they gave Landon Collins the bag I don't know why I forgot but I mean, if, if you trade for HaHa Clinton Dix in the middle of the season, you're expecting him to be an impact player right away. And then in the first day of free agency, you land probably the biggest name out of that safety free agency group. It really doesn't speak well for HaHa Clinton Dix at this point. So Exactly. So that'd be hilarious if he comes back to the Packers and gets like a quarter of what they originally were going <laughs> to offer before all this happened. Now, that is some uh, draft day style action right there. Trade the guy away and then sign him back for one-fourth of what you gave him away for. I think the biggest thing for the the Bears, though, you mentioned the restructuring, is getting Khalil Mack's deal restructured. I mean, they take $13 million of that salary, and it frees up, I mean, about $11 million in cap space. 
Oh yeah, and then also they reworked deals with Kyle Long, and then of course they uh, they cut their uh, their tie end uh, what Dion Sims mm-hmm. so that saved them six million right there. So you know they really are uh, focusing on freeing up cap space. However, now it looks like a lot of the great free agents are gone, True. so they're going to have to really focus on the draft. Focus on the draft. You could trade. I don't know how much you really have to trade. You gave away, you know, a lot last year for Khalil Mack, or at least you gave away probably your biggest assets last year for Khalil Mack. So you don't really have this much going into it to trade. So maybe this is a uh, a holdover year. I mean, really, you don't. I mean, the Bears essentially at this point you won the NFC North last year. You can kind of almost rinse and repeat and just hope that Mitchell Trubisky gets better and you're kind of in the same spot that you're contending for the the title again. Yeah, exactly. That's probably what they are going to be doing. You can't rest on your laurels because you can you can totally see how, uh, you know, years where a quarterback plays lights out and the next year he's just flat. You know, a perfect example was, a, you know, Cam Newton when he won MVP 2015, 2016, he had a terrible season. So – Hopefully that happens to to Mitchell. <laughs> but the one signing that the Bears had was the cornerback Buster Scrine. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Gave him three years, sixteen and a half million. And I just want to read you the quote of what the Bears head coach said. He's one of the best nickels in the league, if not the best. I mean, he's good. He's a good nickel in there. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's. I was reading a little bit about him and. Obviously, uh, Bears beat guys talking about they have a cornerback in Bryce Callahan, who's a free agent this year, and this looks like he should be the replacement. And a lot of people saying that uh, Skrine is kind of a downgrade from Callahan because he is more of that nickel cornerback, that he's not a traditional, you know, prototype cornerback. And he's 29. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not like he's, you know, uh, been a world beater his whole career. Um, The Vikings next, right below the Bears, finish-wise, finishing second. Um, Kind of the same. uh, Really, I I thought they did worse. They might be out of all the four teams in the in the The NFC North. The Vikings have the worst grade. Yeah, by far. Got Anthony Barr back. But Sheldon Richardson, gone. Latavius Murray, gone. Stuck with Kirk Cousins, yeah. So, (laughs) so far, you know, last year I really thought the Vikings were destined to the Super Bowl because they didn't really – they got Cousins and they still have that loaded roster. And they took a huge step backwards. And on paper right now, I feel like they're they're worse. I would would agree. I mean, really when your biggest signing is – Anthony Barr, a, a free a, a guy that was was your free agent. It wasn't like you went out and got, got him from anybody. Uh, I mean, I guess you stole him away from the Jets, if you want to say that, because he had originally, you know, reports where that he was going to be going there, and they signed him. They convinced him to come back. But I mean, you're spending five uh, a five year contract, sixty five million dollars, thirty three of that guaranteed, um, for a guy that's really not all that impressive um you know yeah you know if it weren't for him breaking Aaron Rodgers collarbone most people wouldn't know who he is exactly (laughs) I think you're right and even just looking I know I know numbers don't tell everything but you know 55 tackles three sacks two passes defended I mean is that worth that much money 
we had um, <laughs> at, at our radio station today that I work at, uh, TJ Lang, former Detroit Lion now, as he's been released, uh, he comes in on the, on the afternoon show a couple of times a year. And they were asking him about the free agent signings. They asked him about Anthony Barr, and he went on record in saying that he's never been really that impressed with Anthony Barr. Said he, you know, he's pretty slow. He's not good in coverage. That, you know, whether he's been with the Lions, Packers, whenever he's game plan, no one's never really worried about where Anthony Barr is on the field. He's not a game breaker, but you're signing him for game breaking kind of money. Oh yeah, and then also remember Kirk Cousins, eighty four million is all guaranteed. So. I think that the Vikings might be crippling themselves sometime in the future unless they restructure or do what the Bears have been doing, restructuring deals. Well, but, now they did They did uh, let a couple of free agents walk, not picking up the option on safety Andrew Sandejo, which is big. He was due $5 million, and then uh, their guard, Mike Reamers, $4.5 million. So that's about $10 million you're opening up in cap space just with those two guys, although I – don't know if you can really afford to let another uh, offensive lineman go if you're the NFC, if you're uh, the Vikings. That's probably the biggest weakness on the offense is their line. So. Yeah, interested to see that he was uh, being let go. But let's focus now on who you could arguably say were the winners of the free agency period in the NFC North. That's the Lions. How how much sexier can you get? Well, I, I'm, names. Not, I'm not too shocked because, of course, you know, Matt Patricia, head coach, was a defensive coordinator of the Patriots. So, of course, he goes out and he gets two old Patriots, Trey Flowers, five years, $90 million. So I think Patricia knows how to use them. And then Danny Amendola, one year, $4.5 million. Didn't have the most impressive season last year, but, of course, he was in Miami. You know, he had 575 yards and one touchdown, but – He's still some, still a solid slot receiver, and then Jesse Jones, good tight end from the from the Steelers, and then Justin Coleman, a really pretty good cornerback uh, for the Seahawks. So yeah, the the Lions and the Packers, I'd say right now are neck to neck for by far having the best offseason in the NFC North. And the Lions, I mean, the Lions have the benefit of more cap space, obviously, mm-hmm. than the Packers, so they were able to go out and make a couple more of these splashier. Uh, moves. They also got um, guard Ode Abuji from Seattle, one year, two and a half million. That takes up probably that spot that TJ Lang, uh, you know, was was going to fill, and he was due eight million dollars this year. Let's touch on just TJ for a second. A lot of fans clamoring for him to come back to uh, Green Bay on a you know smaller, friendly kind of hometown deal for the Packers. At this point, he's had at least five documented concussions. He's been here for 10 years. The guy's won a Super Bowl. He's made a ton of money. Do you think it's time for TJ just to kind of hang it up? I think definitely, yeah. And from a just from a, from a football's perspective of uh, Billy Turner, who the Packers got, he's going to fill that role right there. And so and, – and also then from a health perspective, I definitely think, you know, TJ Lang – you know, he's been to Pro Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl. He's had a very successful career. I don't see him having anything else to prove. Yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. you got nothing else to prove to people. You know, you, you've, you've gone out. You've played through injury. You've, you know, done everything you pretty much can as, as a guard. Uh, other notable uh, Lions moves, 
Defensive end Ezekiel Ansa still remaining unsigned at this point. So interested to see where he might go. Um, and Kevin Lawson, cornerback, uh, cut saving up $4.5 million for the Lions. Obviously, Justin Coleman replacing that, taking up most of that you saved. And then uh, safety Glover Quinn also released earlier on in the uh, in the offseason. So, yeah, I think you kind of mentioned it. It's a, it's a tie, really, between the Lions and the Packers. And if I'm being um, objectionable, I think you go with the Lions. That's true. However, Golden Tate, of course, he's gone mm-hmm. with the Eagles. And they're, they're really replacing him with Danny Amendola, which I would say, do you think that's overall a downgrade, downshifting? I think so. So that's my only question right there is just uh, if Patricia is getting him because of how familiar he is with him. I'm not 100% sure, but if you could grade every team in the NFC North on a, you know, an A, B, C, D, F scale, what would you give each team? Well, I guess we'll start uh, with the Packers, right? Um, I, I would say that's a solid B plus A. Mi- I'll even, I'll go A minus because it obviously you didn't hit you know one of the blue chip big names, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you got three guys on the defensive side that you desperately needed to fill that are going to be impact players. And you've also got an offensive lineman that all four of those guys rank, you know, in the top five of their respective positions in the free agency class this year. You did a great job, not incredibly sexy, but it, it's going to be a huge impact. I give it an A minus for the Packers. Yeah. I got the Packers at a BB plus simply by looking at the, the four players. Uh, I go with a B plus, especially now that they've re-signed, you know, Mercedes Lewis, of course, Mercedes Lewis, great blocking tight end who, of course, with LaFleur saying he's going to be a huge impact in the running game. And then, of course, the Packers offensive coordinator was his offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. So he's going to know how to use him a lot better, I feel, than McCarthy did. So I think Mercedes Lewis is going to have a bigger year this year than he did last year. And uh, so overall, with that included, I'll, I'll give him a good B+. What about the Chicago Bears? Bears? Oh, the Bears is tough because, I mean, they did a good job saving salary cap space. They didn't make any splashes. I, I give them a C, C minus almost, like nothing, just average. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a C with kind of a maybe C you wait or see, see what happens next. Almost, uh, almost like a Packer offseason for a long time, N.A., you know. Right. Exactly. Like, if, like, if I have to give it to them, I'll give them a C. It's nothing great, but they haven't failed. So I, I thought a C would be solid. Right. It's a passing grade. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, well, what we talked about earlier, I think we agree the Vikings, that's, I mean, that's at least a, a D. Yes, I, 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 if you want to be hot takey, you might go an F, but I, I think I think D is probably where you sit because they do oh, get, dreadful. you know, two guys back in Anthony Barr. And I, I don't know if he mentioned um, – uh, Shamir Stevens coming back as well on the defensive line, but you lost guys at positions like the offensive line and safety that you really didn't want to lose. And, you know, some of your big names, Sheldon Richardson and Latavius Murray gone as well. You didn't do anything to replace it. Exactly. So yeah, I definitely give them a D Detroit. I would also give them a B plus. I don't know. I, I, don't get me wrong, they'd had a great offseason, but it's hard to just slap an A 
on a team without a really big, sexy pick. You know what I mean? That's just me. I don't know if I, I don't know if I've just been spending too much time around Detroit Lions fans, (laughs) (laughs) but man, I give them, I give them an A for what they did. It feels like if, if we're looking at a grading scale, the Packers and the Lions both found that two plus two equals four, but the Lions showed their work and got the extra credit for it. And okay. you know, just kind of bumped it up one slight little notch. I mean, they addressed huge needs, especially at tight end, I think was big because they've been looking for a tight end for years. Um, and and found guys like Trey Flowers that are going to fit right in with a defensive pass rush that is already dangerous. Uh, you know, if you can find a way to make Matt Stafford not be average, mm-hmm. you've got a pretty decent team sitting there in Detroit. Yeah, I completely agree, especially the fact that you know you get Trey Flowers who's still entering his prime as well. Sure. So yeah, I, I I'd still stick with my B plus A minus area for for Detroit. But overall, the Packers, uh, I definitely say that this has to be one of their best free agencies, def- without a doubt, this decade. Oh, right for sure. I mean, you right, right at the end, twenty nineteen. I mean, well, you could you could argue that this is one of the best free agency periods overall since nineteen since nineteen ninety three when it was first implemented. Right. Exactly. I mean, you didn't have a, a Charles Woodson or Reggie White style signing, but a, as a package overall, mm-hmm. all that you addressed probably one of the best. Uh, in history so tons more going to be coming as free agency continues to to boil up um, and we're getting ready to start ramping into the draft now so make sure you stick around with us here on the pack of day podcast as we get through all of that we've got tons of stuff planned coming up in the next uh, month or so I mean we're just over a month away from draft day which is very exciting and I this free agency period has only whetted the appetite I think uh for our draft expectations. So make sure you stick around with us as we go through all of that. Follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Of course, like, review, rate the podcast. It's a huge help to us. Uh, you can follow myself, Dan Connick, on Twitter at DK all the way. And you can follow my partner, Chris, at Chris Schimmel as well on uh, Twitter. Give us a follow. Give the page a follow. And, uh, yeah, like we said, stick with us as we go through the rest of this offseason because there's going to be a heck of a lot more stuff like this, we hope, coming down the pike. Uh, maybe not this impactful, Chris, but if if this is the start of free agency, I can only uh, wait to see what else we've got coming up before the draft. Oh, yeah, definitely. And hopefully it builds on what happened in last year's draft. Last year's draft I liked overall. And overall I'm liking what Goodacons has been doing as GM. It's been, a, it's been a great start so far in Gudukunsu we trust. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, for my partner, Chris Schimmel, I'm Dan Connick saying so long from the Pack-A-Day podcast. And, of course, we finish it off, as always, with a very hearty Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Sunday night football in the start of a historic season for the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers in the shotgun. Here's the snap. Rushes on. Rodgers nowhere to go, and he's snowed under. Back inside the 30, and Rodgers is down. Roy Robertson, Harris, Khalil Mack, and Rodgers unable to get up. Oh, my goodness. Wow. 
down at 19 from the Green Bay 30. Snap to Kaiser under pressure immediately. Dumps it up right side. It's intercepted. Intercepted by Khalil Mack. Circle route to the 15 to the 10. He's to the 5 to the end zone. Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Khalil Max had a sack, fumble recovery, interception return for a touchdown. to go in the third, Chicago 20, Green Bay nothing. Wayne, I actually see Aaron on the sideline throwing. Well, that's a good sign. Yep, he is. Of the shotgun, snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, throws it over the middle. Randall Cobb is there. Makes a spinning grab just outside the left hand mark. J.K. Scott, Mason Crosby. Here's the snap. Placement made. Kick is up. And it is good. So the Packers on the board with 3.37 to go in the third. Snap to A-Rod looking around and waiting. Lawson deep down the right side. Allison in the end zone. Makes a spectacular catch. Touchdown. What a throw and what a catch. And the Packers get back into it. 39-yard bomb from Aaron Rodgers to Geronimo Allison. Corey Lindsley on the snap. Four-man line for the Bears. They're coming on a blitz up the middle. They pick it up. Rodgers looks. Lost. Left side. Got a man out there. Got a to Rodgers under a blitz. Rodgers tight pocket steps up, throws the left, got Devontae inside the 10, head back, cuts left to the 5, reaches Pylon, and touchdown! Oh, what a play by Devontae Adams! Snap to A-Rod, rushes on, has time, looking, throws, yes, got it! 